Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is, I don't care. It's good. So we're going to call this uh, Vision 2020 Sunday. That sounds big and dynamic or something, but really uh, we just felt like to kick off the new year that we could just put the vision of what God has, has placed before us out before the whole church and we feel like that it's an important thing to do regularly. We don't know how often we should do this, but we do feel like it should be a, an ongoing thing that we do. Um, so we're going to start out with, oh, an announcement. <clears throat> Excuse me, slide number six. We are going to have a house fire. No, we're not going to light the house on fire. <laughs> but we are going to have a house gathering of worship at the Alcorn residence here in Manette. Um, so most of you know where that's at, and if you're interested in coming and you don't know where it's at, just talk to us later. Um, it's going to be January 24th, starting at, we'll open the door, and it, not strictly at 645, but we like to start worship at 7 if we can. So we're inviting everyone just to come have an evening of worship. Something fun happens in those gatherings. We did house church for a long time, and those, those meetings I don't know if it's because the space is smaller and the Holy Spirit just wants to explode through the walls or what, but he's got a lot more room to move here, so it's more like a gentle breeze. But when you get in a house that's tight, it's just like something's ready to burst, explode, like a nuclear bomb. So we want to invite you guys to that and put it in your calendar. I also want to make mention, um, we've been talking with Galen and Danette about coming up as, as well as Teresa and Teresa did say she was going to give us a 2020 word, and I'm kind of holding out and waiting for that to come. I, I trust her. She already did give uh, one brief word. In fact, I'm just going to read it to you. I got, I've been getting all kinds of little snippets of encouragement all morning, and yesterday it's been awesome. I uh, got one from John Carney. You guys remember John and Karen Carney? He said to me this morning at 11.10, he sent this, so right when Marilyn was getting ready to blast us into worship. He said, you are so strong in my heart and prayers today. That alone is, that makes me feel pretty good. That means God is putting us on other people's hearts. Power for your victory today and authority for transformation. That's a good word. Teresa, um, because I've used language of still trying to uh, see this as a church start and she said, I heard in my being, in my spirit, immediately is he, meaning you, is not starting a church. You are a church. Do not waver. Keep your eye on the prize. So take that word for yourself today. Do not waver. Keep your eye on the prize. That is what it means to be a, a vision-focused, a, a prophetic vision-focused people. We keep the prize before our eyes. We got to. Stuff is going to happen all around us. It may happen to us. It may happen next to us. It's going to happen, and it's easy to get distracted and focused on the stuff of the world, the stuff of the flesh. Things happen. Stuff happens. But we also have a T-shirt someday we're going to have that says, Shift Happens. It's going to be a cool shirt. Everyone's going to be like, did I read that right? They'll be walking through Fred Meyer's, wait, wait, what does your shirt say? Oh, shift happens. Hmm. Because we believe that as we fix our eyes 
on the prize when we lift our eyes from the circumstances onto the things that God is calling us to fix our eyes upon, things begin to shift. You are a pipeline. I don't know if you've realized that. You are a gate. You are a pipeline to a spirit realm. And it's either the, the realm of the kingdom of darkness or it's of the kingdom of light. If you belong to Jesus, your job as a Christian is to stay focused and allow yourself to be a pipeline for heaven. So, let's move on. Slide number eight. We looked at this briefly last week, but we're going to read it quickly. Proverbs 29.18. The Passion Translation says, When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. You want heaven's bliss to fill your soul? Keep the promises of God before you. Speak them out. What did he tell the Israelites to do? Bind them on your forehead, on your wrists. Write them on your walls. Put the promises everywhere where you can see them to keep focused on the promises, the prophetic words that God has spoken over your life. And that could be personal prophetic words or that can be scriptural promises whatever God and we know the Bible says all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus so go through the Bible find all of the promises of God they are yes that means they are for you they are yes they're go a green light and they are amen so be it when you're in Christ Jesus not only won the victory on the cross to remove your sin to take away your sins from you to give you a a free pass into heaven. He didn't die just to do that. He died so that all of the promises of heaven and given to to man, given to us in the scripture, would be yours. Like he paid the price so you could access all of the promises, all of the riches of heaven. That's good, good stuff. So English Standard Version, where there is no prophetic vision. So just so you guys know, it's not just the Passion Translation that says prophetic, like because that's our stream. You know, we talk about prophesying and stuff. Even the English Standard Version, one of the most accurate word-for-word translations of today, says where there is no prophetic vision, God-given vision. The people cast off restraint. So not only do we wander astray, we also cast off any restraint. And as the King James Version says, we perish. So we don't want to wander astray. We don't want to cast off all restraints because that just means we're going to live a life of, I don't know how to say it right, licentiousness. License to do whatever we want and to dive into sin and wallow in the pig, pig pen. Okay, Casting off all restraints is giving into the flesh, not caring anymore, and perishing. It's kind of like a road that goes to the wrong place. We actually need to be seen generationally. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, that was not coming out right, was it? (laughs) Generationally. (laughs) That's the right way to say it. And see for our grandchildren and their children. And we need to prepare for that. What we're doing now is laying foundation for those things. Yes. Yes. Our ceiling is going to be our kids' floor. We don't want them to have to start from the very beginning. God is, he is gracious and powerful, and and he is the all-wise one. He can do it. He can take you as a first-generation Christian and get you caught up to speed. But imagine those that grow up in this 
this kingdom revelation that we are all walking in now, you get this as your foundation. You get a stand on what, what we are capping out at. And we're going to try to go as far as we can. And if you go beyond us, we're going to chase you down. But we want you guys to go way further. Got more? Okay. So slide number nine. So this is a good verse regarding the prophetic words that God gives us. Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. Could be an eye tablet or a, you know, whatever they call that other thing, the one that's not a real tablet, an Android. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> you know, but, but your Apple tablet, you know, that's, that's legit. <clears throat> it's a real one. Inscribe it on your tablet. My PC gaming son here is just looking at me like, <laughs> Microsoft. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. Okay, so now we're talking about something that is yet to come. So we need to record it, inscribe it, and read it the one, so that the one that reads it may run. So we don't just read it and sit around, hmm, well, maybe it'll happen. I guess we'll wait and see. No, God gives us the word so that we could write it down, we can inscribe it and we can read it, I would say, often. Keep your words written down. Keep a record of God's promises that he's spoken to you. Read them and run into them. When it looks dark behind you and you feel like fear is chasing you, run into your promises. Run. Makes me think of that thing that you guys did on the run, run. It was really creepy. Anyway, you slowed your voices down. It was Emily. <laughs> Anyway, never mind. <clears throat> Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Awesome. So, with that said, that's the biblical foundation of the importance of prophetic words to keep the promises of God before us, to remind ourselves to actually write them down and look at them regularly, whether they're personal words or corporate words or or just promises of God. So we do that. Now I want to kind of go, we'll try to go sort of briefly, but it might, this might be where we kind of spend a little bit of time. Um, this awesome Brit named Paul Manwaring, little British guy, he's awesome. We had the pleasure of receiving ministry from him at our global legacy gatherings for two or three years. It might have been just two, but I think it might have been three. About three years in a row. The dude is full of wisdom when it comes to organizational structure and leadership. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to talk about vision and missions. And, you know, you get, what's your mission statement? What's your vision statement? I don't know. All I know is I love Jesus and I want to do what he told me to do. You know, so it, it, you can keep it as simple as that or you can kind of unpack it and organize it. And so Paul Manwaring gave us some really helpful little organizational tools. So, Isabel, we're going to go ahead and put slide number 10 up. And we're going to try to explain some of this, guys. So if you want to, instead of trying to write any of this stuff down, if it's really speaking to you, um, I can always give you screenshots or something. These are actually four different whiteboards. So the questions are, well, the one question is, what are you building? That's part of... Our vision is the what. What on earth are we building? What are we doing here every Sunday, spending four hours in this building and trying to accomplish? What is it? What is our what? So if you go to the next slide over, I guess for you guys it would be that way, 
What you are building, was I supposed to go that direction? What, you're, what you are building and why you exist. Okay, so there's two parts to, to vision and mission. It's, it's the what we are trying to build. And I'm just going to say it now. I, Tammy, help me. We're like, what is our what? <laughs> What's our what? What are we building? Well, the first, what the what? <laughs> so our what that we are building or establishing is a local church. God said to go plant that church. You guys have heard the story too many times probably. I'm not going to repeat it. God told us to plant a church. It was a prophetic word. It was very strong. We knew it was him. So we went forward. Well, what does that look like? A church that is a transformation center for inner healing. That's part of what we want our house to to look like as it grows and comes together. A transformation center for inner healing. We want to see the saints, you guys, and anyone else that God brings in, including us, we want to see us all become healthy people, become free people, powerful people, the way God intended you to become. And that requires inner transformation. It requires renewing of the way you think. If you keep going in the same direction and you keep trying to to not go that direction, we got to change the way we think. Be transformed by trying harder? No, by renewing your mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So a transformation center for inner healing, which would include SOZO, which is actual inner healing ministry, and healing rooms. We would love to see come together inner healing space for that to happen for individuals who really need to have some intensive help, maybe even not so intensive, I point to myself, not so. Intensive help or not so intensive. If you need it, that's what we want to have. We want to have that inner healing ministry. We also want to have healing rooms. We want to have a place. We want our house, our church, to be a healing room. When people walk in here sick or broken, we don't want them to walk out that way. Because we know if Jesus was standing in the room and you are his representative here on earth, you've been given the same Holy Spirit power. When people walk into this room broken, they should. Our expectation should be that they get a touch from heaven. That we as the pipelines release on earth just as it is in heaven. You guys good? You guys doing okay? Okay, I'm trying to to ram through some of this. We want to be an apostolic prophetic resource center. Not even going to go into that. Tammy says I beat those words up too much, so we're just going to call it kingdom. We want to be a well of revival and renewal. Who needs revival in this room? Who needs to be renewed constantly? We want to be a revival center. We want to be a renewal center. That is the kind of church that we had in our heart when God said, go plant that church. See, God knew what the dream was in here, and so he, he, we waited until we heard from him say what that, that dream in your heart of what you want to see as a church. Now go plant that church. So that's where we're at. And a training, equipping, and releasing church. We want to be a church that we don't just do Sunday meetings where everyone comes and just hears me talk every week and gets bored. And then eventually they're like, eh, I'll stay home today and the next day and the next Sunday and then... And eventually it's like, I'm going to go find a church that's more exciting. We don't want to just 
do church as usual. We want to we want to train and equip and release. Whether that means train people and equip people and release them to start a new church or train, equip, and release you to go into your mission field. Your next door neighbor, Marilyn, loves Fred Meyer, aisle four, right? Is it aisle four? Aisle three, okay? That's where God sets her up with divine appointments. For me, it's as a mailman delivering mail up on this hillside or my coworkers. For moms who are homeschooling, it's, it's you instilling your character and your values into your kids. And for those who maybe can't homeschool that have to just pull the, the weight of, of covering the house, you get to still pour into your kids and show them your strength and your endurance and the character of God in your life and lead them. You, you get to lead them. Train a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from it. So that would be the A, what are you building? A church, okay? So that's our what. It's a church. Why are we building a church that looks like that? Well, that's kind of a deep question too, so we took some notes. You guys good with this? You okay? We're going to try to ram through this stuff. We really don't have a whole lot more after the whiteboard stuff, just a couple uh, prophetic words that were given to us, and then we'll close it up. What we build must serve our why. Okay, so if we're going to plant a church, or according to Teresa, God spoke to her and said, no, he's not building a church. They are a church. Okay, so since we are a church, what we are continuing to build on as a church must serve the why. That's why we, we need to talk about, well, what is the why why are, we in, why are we existing as a church doing this stuff in Bremerton, in Kitsap County? <clears throat> a couple things came to mind. Romans 8, 19 says, all creation waits. All creation groans. It waits for the sons and daughters of God to be manifested in the earth. The world is waiting for sons and daughters of God to manifest to come out on the stage and recognize I'm not just a backup actor hiding in a closet back here. God has called me his very own son or daughter, has put Holy Spirit anointing and authority and power in me, and has given me a commission. We have been given a co-mission to go whether that's go to your school or go to your neighbor or go to your brother or sister or go to your mom and dad when they need truth spoken to them. Right, Forrest and Amy? We can handle it, can't we? Okay. Kids, you heard us. If you see us acting like bad Christians, we're giving you permission to speak into our lives. But just remember, when someone speaks into your life, it should come with hope attached to it. Because if it comes with hopelessness attached to it, that's not a good word. When you speak to someone and you bring correction, it should come with love and hope. They should feel your love, and they should come receive that from you, feeling a hope injection. Like, you know, Mom, you know, Dad, I hear you cussing in the other room about things. God has not called you to that. He's called you to higher things. He's called you to shine and to let good things come out of your mouth, not, not sour things. 
sour. I don't know where that came from, but you guys catch me? Foul things, yeah. <laughs> Rubbish. Okay, we'll move on from that because I'm getting a little caught up. So Romans 8, 19, all creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed. We get our why when we get the revelation of who he has saved us to be. He didn't just save you to get you to heaven and hold on to your church pew until the rapture happens and endure the dark sinners out there because, man, they just want to make you unhappy and persecute you because you're so good and godly. They don't like it. So hold on to your pew because that rapture, the rapture, it's coming. I, I was in that, that mindset for a season. He will come again, and he will re- remove us from the earth to be with him forever. But he has given us a job. Or if you're from Wisconsin and you're Scandinavian background, you say a job. He's given you a job. He's given you a mission to go, to shine. Let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Be salt, be light. Salt is preserving. Salt brings flavor. God wants to use you to bring flavor into the, into the world. He wants you to be an influence, a kingdom influence to take what is good and beautiful and, and magnificent about the heavenly realm and bring it into earth, into art, into education, into the government, into school into the workplace, into families, not just hide out in a dark church somewhere where people don't want to come anymore because all you do is talk about how the end is coming. Okay, I know I'm beating on people who get that mindset, but we just want to shake people out of their, we want to shake ourselves out of that slumber because we got things to do and we got a Holy Spirit living in us who's like a roaring lion and he just wants to get out and he wants to know, he wants people to know his fierce love. The fierce love of God. Because he left us here to tell them. They can get him to come to them in a dream at night or an encounter while they're laying on their bed. Jesus walks into the room. But that's not what he told us to do. He didn't say, wait and let me do it all. He said, no, I'm giving you power and authority to go in my name. Go heal the sick, raise the dead, love people. Okay. And forgive sins. You know, you got permission and authority to forgive sins. He already paid the price. That, that's, that's a deep one, so we me talk about that another day. <clears throat> I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. When that becomes our reality, it'll look like these things. So this is kind of the why. City transformation. Government, crime rate, addiction, homelessness, depression, etc. All of those things begin to be affected and change when we who are building a what let the why we're building it become part of our focus. We want to be the people where the kingdom of God emanates through. It just exudes from your pores, whether you're thinking about it or not. You walk into a room, you walk into a dark place, the angels are all excited because you're on the stage now. You're walking into the middle of gang territory and you know you've got a protector and you know that you've got wisdom from heaven 
and the power of God to love and touch somebody and bring them into an encounter with their creator, with the father who loves them. If you want to rip this out of my hand one time. Okay. Jesus came to, what did he come to do? Seek and save the lost, yep. And what did he come to destroy? Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to undo what the devil has done. He's an undoer. He wants to get that do out of you. That's weird. He wants to undo because the devil makes messes. He turns things to crap. And Jesus wants to come and make all things new. I know it was getting weird. Thank you for saving me. I'm going to take this now. (laughs) Yeah, he wants us each to be individually healthy, healthy marriages, healthy families. Um, Yeah. I don't know where I was going with it. I was just taking it from you. (laughs) One of the things that we've actually had prophesied over and over without these people actually even knowing that it was already prophesied over us was healing hearts. And physical and emotional hearts, both. And we've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah, here, I don't know. Well, we'll just read through the list. Healing hearts, we want to see Jesus get the full reward of what he paid for on the cross. We talk about that occasionally here. We want to see the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. He died for something and we get to go redeem it. Yeah. We get to be his, his uh, beneficiaries. No, that's not the right. Executors. We get to be executors of the covenant, of the will. And we get to go claim that which has been paid for and release it. That's why you're here. You get to take the things of the kingdom that Jesus opened up and purchased on the cross. And you get to dispense it as he leads you. We want to see Jesus get the full reward. Salvation. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Orphan hearts and prodigal sons come to know the Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus prayed. That's how he taught us to pray. It's all about seeing his kingdom invade this earth. Okay. And then C would be the bottom left hand of the whiteboard. The what and the why. So we know the what is building a church. What are you building? That's the what and the why because we want to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. And so I have to read it from here. A what or a vision without a why or a mission will be reduced to maintaining what has already been achieved. So if we don't keep in mind and continually massage into our lives and speak and encourage one another that it's all about seeing his kingdom come and it's all about taking our perspective from here on earth and gaining heaven's perspective as God opens the spiritual eyes of each one of us. If we, if we lose sight of that, then all we're doing is maintaining this, got to keep everyone coming, got to try to maintain this little gathering. It's about the gathering. That is, that is the what, but we have to remind ourselves of why we're doing it. So that is part of our vision, our mission. And then the last part we're not even going to go into. You probably can't even see it. Can you guys even see that back there? This one right here. It says, what we need to avoid 
maintenance, bureaucracy, mere good ideas. It's a good idea to go feed the homeless. It's a good idea to go take blankets and sandwiches. But is that what God has called us to do as a church? Those are good ideas. There are ministries in Bremerton that are doing it with excellence. So we need to know what God has called us specifically to do. It doesn't mean we can't do anything else. It just means that we have to stay the course and not get sidetracked with all of the needs and potential ministry opportunities. Now, he may call you to partner with those things. He may call us as a church to partner with, uh, can you think of the name of the church at the moment? That does the... the Salvation Army, there you go. I was thinking of the Coffee Oasis. They have a youth ministry to the youth for homeless teens, training them and equipping them for life. Um, So there's that. Your good ideas and unwritten rules. We don't want people to ever wonder what what is expected. We just need to be open and honest and clear about what what we're here for. Here's, Here's our mission. Here's our vision. We, we want to continuously set it before us. Now that we kind of chugged through that, are you guys doing okay? Better check in again. Okay, Tammy's going to read something. So we're going to look at slides 11, 12, and 13. This is a prophetic word that we're not, we're not going to call it what we used to call it because when we first launched out, we, we came up with a name before it was even a church plant officially, and we called ourselves, well, our hope got renewed, so we said, let's call it Hope Renewal Ministries. And there was a prophetic word given to us, and it was all an acronym. We, we kind of removed some of it, but we wanted you guys just to see some of the nuggets, some of the, the gold pieces, the, the gems that we pulled from that word that we still look at today and remind ourselves as a church. So the first one is high-level influencers. Wherever we go, we should be high-level influencers. Powerful pillars in our community. Excellent stewards of his presence. Releasing everlasting newness of life. Exact timing of God. We want to always do things in his timing, never run ahead of what he's doing. Wonder-filled. That should never go away. We always want to just be filled with awe and wonder for him. Abounding in love, joy, faith, and power. Like-minded in beliefs. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Intimacy, the most important thing. Impossible made possible. A training center for inner transformation, Sozo Ministry. Revelation-inspired messages and messengers. It's not going to just be the two of us speaking all the time. Established in our identity in Christ and success as a team. So when we, when we received this as a word, we were like, boom, those were powerful things. Yeah, a training center for inner transformation. That is what we want to be and what we are positioning, positioning ourselves to do now is to train. That's why we have opportunity for schooling. That's why we go through some courses at our house you know, for prophetic training or, or inner healing or whatever it might be. We want to continuously be building because I, I just want to encourage you guys. It's a slight warning, but I, I would just say... Don't ever fall into that mindset of, I have arrived and I know everything there is to know. Those two ladies back there are doing the School of Supernatural Ministry with us, and they are soaking this stuff up. 
it is rich. It's adding to what things that you already knew, and it's giving you insight and revelation into things maybe you didn't quite understand in the past. And then there's things that you never even thought of before. So that's all, all good stuff. And take advantage of when we, like when we did go through our SOZO training, or um, there's other stuff we're thinking about this year that we're going to, Danny Silk. Um, keep your love on. Yeah, keep your love on. Um, that's going to be an opportunity for everyone to, and take advantage of those things. We're not doing it just because we don't know what to do. Like, we feel, if we're doing it, we feel it's really important to do. So, yeah. but if, I'll just say this, with school, because it is a big commitment, and you don't, you can't, you don't have the time to do that, or you're just, your life at this moment doesn't allow, there is no condemnation in that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are different levels of, of possibilities for all of us to, to tap into stuff, whether we choose to do a once a quarter little training season, or even if we just come together on a worship night, or if you feel like you're going to go full blast and do a commitment of a one-year schooling course, whatever it might be. Part, part of it's your ability and your capacity. Part of it could be your desperation. Tammy and I, when we began this journey, we were desperate. We felt like we had no tribe. We felt like everything that we were carrying that had been instilled us, instilled in us over a decade and now was gone. The ship was sinking. We were desperate. And when we saw the opportunity to do the leadership development program through Bethel, before we got the word to plant a church, we, we were like, let's do it. And when we came to the table, it was like, Man, someone put a steak dinner right in front of me in that very first video conference in our living room. I could feel, I could smell the food coming through my TV screen. It was so good, and I was so hungry. The power of God was just on it. It was wonderful. Yeah. And then, yeah, and now we're here, all because of hunger. Hunger for more. Don't ever let your hunger for the more of God to just become, eh, whatever. I'll feed on dove droppings. I'll feed on the things of the past. Horse heads and dove droppings. <laughs> Amy Lasker. I know you know who I'm referring to when I say stuff like that. <clears throat> okay, so Tammy read that. Um, slides 14 and 15. Oh, these are the things. Remember last week, you guys, I tried to get Ethan to put this up, so I went over to the computer and just read it for you. I wanted you to be able to see it. So I'm going to just read through it quickly. And I'm going to, I, I simplified it instead of saying apostolic, prophetic. We're just going to say kingdom, okay? Because I feel like when I use those two words, I feel like I need to explain what they mean. And it just takes up all the time. So kingdom, huh, heaven, kingdom, Holy Spirit. The culture of heaven, when it's in our lives and in our church, this is what it should look like, what we want it to look like. Worship and supernatural activity. How many of you kids like watching Marvel movies and you think it's cool when you see these, these characters doing their supernatural skills, you know, Doctor Who opening up portals and stuff? You know, that's all sci-fi and made up. God has something that is bigger than that that could just blow your mind and blow your life into kingdom come. Worship and supernatural activity are the priority in the environment and lifestyle of the saints. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to just tell you guys that and not do it myself. As a mailman, I worship my guts out when I'm walking the streets and delivering the bills and the 
deadbeat dad letters, whatever else I have to, the, the, you have to pay your jail fine letter or your overdue, your bank statement, whatever it is. I have to deliver the bad news, but I also get to deliver the good news. And I put my worship mode on and I, I invite the presence of God. So when I'm walking through the week, through my daily activities, I'm just speaking for this is what I get to do. Your life is different and it may not facilitate the same way. But I invite the presence of God. I worship him and I partner with him. And I, I tune, I turn my receiver to FM 777. Holy Spirit, speak to me now. And he starts to speak to me. He tells me what he thinks of me. He tells me words for people that he wants that downcast person right there. Let them know that I, I love them. Let them know that I'm, I'm on their side, that I've got their back. Supernatural activity. You get to be a pipeline for the supernatural to flow through. You carry an open heaven everywhere you go. Ephesians chapter 2 says, It is by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Christ that you have direct access to the Father. That means that there is no barrier the door is open. You're in the living room, and his, his recliner's right there. Daddy God is sitting there in his chair, and he doesn't have a newspaper in front of his face. He doesn't have a phone in front of his face. Sorry, guys. You'll have to get some healing from that. <laughs> Father God has nothing to distract him from your full attention. He's looking at you when you walk to him, and you, you turn your eyes to him. He's there. Yeah. And he wants to partner with you. He wants to walk with you. We're going a little long here, I think, so I'm going to ram through this. Worship and supernatural, that's the environment and lifestyle of the saint because God's presence is your top priority, okay? I don't care about whatever happens. I just want Holy Spirit's presence all the time. The saints are sent as Jesus was to destroy the works of the devil, including disease, sickness, and affliction. The saints live to demonstrate to all people on the earth that God is always the good guy. And the devil is always the bad guy. When a child dies, I said, did I say this last week? I don't know. When a child dies, tragedy, it's terrible. We don't need to fix our mental theology and say, well, God just needed another angel in heaven. That's sick. If Jesus was on the earth, he would have touched that dead child and said, Talithakul. Wake up, little girl. Wake up. And she would have stood to her feet. And then he'd present that child to their mother and father. He's the God that raises the dead. He doesn't kill people. Well, I don't think. <laughs> That's Old Testament. <laughs> okay. That's where we choose to stand. We're going to choose to stand on that. He doesn't need extra angels. He's got a lot of them, okay? Okay. He has written all your days. They've been ordained in his book for you. Leave it as a mystery. God desires those who don't yet know him to come into a relationship with him where the primary emphasis is love. You got to, his love is so deep you can't even measure it. Paul said, I pray that you get a revelation of how high how wide and deep and long is the love of God for you. Yeah. It is deep. It drowns all of your mistakes. There's just no room for anything to be the focus. His love is an ocean. 
Should I sing that song? The Helzers? It's a good song. Endless Ocean. The body of Christ is being built up and equipped to become a glorious and victorious bride, no matter how the conditions of the earth may presently appear. I already went off on the unvictorious, unglorious ending of the church. That's not where we're going. And lastly, and we talked about that too, successive generations, our kids, must be equipped to carry and demonstrate kingdom revelation. So quickly, slide 16. This is kind of what we're going to start trying to go through over the year. We were thinking maybe once a month, we're just going to aim at this. We're not going to hold God to anything because he gets to do whatever he wants. And if the meeting shifts, then it shifts. But our heart is to take one of these kingdom values every month and at least spend one Sunday and focus in on it. Next Sunday, the plan is we're going to talk about family, kingdom family. Bringing heaven's relational government to earth. The goodness of God. I could spend my whole life talking about his goodness and still not exhaust it. But we'll take a Sunday and just talk about the goodness of God. How important it is to emphasize that he is good. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Joy and hope. We have to be aware that God has intended for us to walk in joy and hope honor honor is like the the currency of heaven honor is so important jesus honored us by going to the cross when you were yet a sinner yet giving god the sign of rebellion he still loved you and he died for you he honored you by taking your shame upon himself And he gave it all back to you. Not all that, but he gave all of his goodness, his righteousness, everything that was his rightfully, he gave it to you. Risk and faith. Taking steps of faith. We have to be willing to just risk once in a while to see what God will do. He's not going to force you to cooperate with him. It's your choice. The prophetic. We want to continuously talk about how, what it means to hear God. How should we communicate the things we hear from God? Grace and empowerment. Valuing his presence. That's like one, our number one foundation of this gathering is the presence of God is our number one value. Releasing the supernatural. We already talked about that. We talked about that when we got to pray with you guys, teaching young people ourselves. We get to just release. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is it's at hand he said the kingdom of God is within you and then he said the kingdom of God is at hand we get to extend his kingdom by laying on of hands there's a transfer that happens when we put our hand on somebody talk to Marilyn about it she'll tell you all about how she just loves to oh I love your shirt so silky (laughs) and she's like holy spirit all over him smear it Okay, salvation and righteousness, generosity, and that is not just about money. You guys all know, if you've been here for a while, there's no basket that gets passed around. We don't focus on, come on, cough up some cash, got to pay my bill because I'm the pastor. No, I, I pay my own bills. I've got a job. Generosity, it's more than your finances. It's your life. And then Last and not least, revelation and the word. 
So, that's it. We'll save the rest for next week. Why don't you guys stand up? Oh my goodness, you guys are champions. You're like, my butt is numb. You didn't say you were going to put the timer away this week and go 50 minutes. I think it was probably about 40, I hope. The teaching. You guys good? Good? Is it okay? You're not like exhausted now? The good news is you get to go have lunch at home or somewhere. And you can just like let it all absorb into your cells of your body and just process it. All right. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you again. Now we're ready for round two of our meeting, another preach. Now we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you to do whatever you want in our lives. We welcome you, Lord. I welcome you to go into the caverns of my heart, the caverns of my soul, that you would go deep and wide with the love of Jesus, that you would flood through and purge anything out of me that is not of your kingdom. And I know that's not a one-time fix-it, but I'm inviting you today, and we invite you as your sons and daughters, we invite you to have your way. Have your way in us and through us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.